Hello, this is Kinch Rendell with your business podcast, bringing you another book review. This is a good one if you're into social media or if you want to understand more about social media as it applies to business, to using it in business, whether you're in a small company, a big company, or an entrepreneur that's by yourself but wanting to promote your offering, promote yourself. The book is Jab, 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 Right Hook, How to Tell Your Story in a Noisy Social World by Gary V. His real last name is Vaynerchuk, V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. And again, the title, Jab, 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 Right Hook. He's referring to boxing here, that you should do, throw lots of jabs on social media, and that a right hook, every so often, is actually more of a sales pitch. But just kind of jabbing people, kind of giving them information. Maybe not even about yourself, just something they might be interested in. So... I enjoyed this because not only does he give you these ideas, he then takes quite a few pages and shows you examples of different social media postings, let's say Instagram versus Twitter, and he highlights how you should do these things differently. He often tells you and mentions that most people have no clue that you shouldn't purpose the same photo on each thing, yet I do that. I mean, with Instagram, when I put something up there, it also goes to Facebook and it goes to Twitter. And a lot of times on Twitter, it's simply a link to the image. So the image isn't even showing up there as just the image. You can actually change that if you use the website, if, then, then, that, or if, this, then, that. And there's an acronym for that, .com. But if you Google if, then, this, that, if, this, then, that, and you can figure it out, great. I thought I set it up properly, but I'm not honestly sure if I have. You can do all kinds of things there, schedule all kinds of reminders, etc. link different social media accounts together and have things automatically happen because they can log in and say, oh, you posted here, let's also post it there for you. So there's all kinds of sites like that. He doesn't mention that in his book, but that's something that I've heard and have tried to use to advance the way I'm doing these things, literally because people like him have mentioned it. All right, let's get to some of these quotes. I highlighted about 149 different sentences or paragraphs. He starts off with one I noted here, kind of common sense, but he goes, I've been on a mission to convince marketers that today business is all about making the customer happy. And what you can do is think about social media is to make them happy there also, to interact with them. Coming on down, he says, I'd spent the majority of my time and effort over the years emphasizing the importance of the long view and teaching people how to communicate in such a way that would that would develop authentic and active customer relationships. And once again, that's what he sees social media making very possible. He mentions in this book or his latest book, Ask Gary Vee is the latest book, that if he responds to something, that's actually him on his accounts. Unlike a lot of people, he said that's him. He actually is the one that's logged in and responding and actually reading. He thinks that, that he thinks it's that important. Even though he has, I think, 700 employees at his media company, he still handles his own accounts. I got to see him live oh, about six months ago, probably, in Vegas. Very impressed. I knew a bit about him before, about from Wine, Line, uh, Wine Library TV and such. Very impressive. He just he doesn't throw any punches or throw any jabs. He throws punches. He lets you know what he's thinking. All right, back to more quotes. No matter who you are or what kind of company or organization you work for, your number one job is to tell your story to the consumer wherever they are and preferably at the moment they are deciding to make a purchase. And social media makes it so easy for us these days to always be out there, always be getting feedback from people as well as giving them the jabs, giving them information. 
a lot of times it's not even about your own company. It might be something in the same arena. Latest and greatest news about something is what I've realized for our web hosting company. We could be retweeting things that are not from us. And that really helped me start realizing like, oh, if I can blog about something else or link to something, that would really help us add more things or more content. Because otherwise, being a small company, I'm like, what would we dare do every day, every week? So what we've done, and maybe you can do this with your company, is if we solve a problem for somebody, for a customer, we can then write a blog article about it. So I don't know if we have 40 or 50 of those now, but at least it gives us something, some way to communicate, some way to put more content out there. And then I realized, oh, the blog articles can also go on our Facebook page because we don't have much out there. It's like, oh, what are we going to put on Facebook? And who really cares? So if you're in a company like that where you think your customers don't want to hear from you unless something goes wrong, maybe you can do some of this where, hey, you're paying attention to what's out there in this arena that you work in and you're just going to forward it or say, hey, did you know about this? Just retweet it, post it places, let them know. We don't email our customer stuff, but maybe that's something you would do. Hey, security concerns if you're in the computer world. Maybe you should check your hardware for this or your software. Ideas like that so you can have more things to put out there. And things that, once again, are just kind of related, but might be interesting to your to your world, to your company. He goes, consider this book a training camp to prepare you to storytell on today's most important social media sites. Once again, he covers a lot of the different sites and that you should treat them differently and respect them and their culture. I mean, he, I think he even talks about Reddit in here, how, how you just don't go in there and start advertising and such, which at one point I thought we would do. <clears throat> here, his next one is, but the secret sauce remains the same. The incredible brand awareness and bottom line profits achievable through social media marketing require hustle, heart, sincerity, constant engagement, long-term commitment, and most of all, artful and strategic storytelling. Don't ever forget it, no matter what you learn here. So hustle, heart, sincerity, constant engagement, long-term commitment, and most of all, artful and strategic storytelling. What I take from this is the consistency, constant engagement. I think the constant works in everything, whether you're on social media or you're just trying to make progress in your own life, trying to get some things done. Can you constantly do something every day to move yourself forward, every day to put something out there? On Instagram, I think we're at 10,900 followers now, and that's because we put out five or six posts a day on average, I would say, just positive type sayings and such under your business podcast. But honestly, it doesn't grow very quickly. Once again, probably because we're not throwing any right hooks or jabs. We're not saying, hey, come check us out. Share this with friends. You have to ask. He'll get to it at some point here. And here's he, he's building a bit of a case on this quote. He goes, where's your phone? In your back pocket? On the table in front of you? In your hands because you're using it to read this book? It's probably somewhere within easy reach. Unless you're one of those people who are constantly misplacing their phones. And my question has you rummaging through the laundry basket again or checking under your car seat. That's something he said at that conference last year. Thrive, make your money matter was the conference. He said, how many people here would like to have their phones embedded in their arms or embedded in their bodies? I think there were like four or 500 people there. And I don't know if there was a handful. There was at least some people that stood up and said, I would do that if you could do that today. He said, see, he said, this is going to happen. People are not only going to want to have their phones, they're going to want to have stuff integrated into themselves. 
maybe those are the people that actually lose their phones. Not sure. He has a section here called how social media, uh, social blended into digital. And the next one is, in fact, adding a social layer to any platform immediately increases its effectiveness. That reminds me of gamifying. Can you gamify something you're offering? Can you add a social layer to it? I'm reminded that a lot of people, they sell access to videos and classes that are all online, but also they have that social layer of you're in this group, you're in this private Facebook group or this private group. I realize that's a big selling point. I'm in an online mastermind. It's a social layer. It's people I can bounce questions off of. It's something I keep considering. Would I do that as I do more and more coaching? Would I have us get together in an online world or in a physical world, adding a social layer to it? Can you do that to your business? Can you do that to your product? If you have an e-book, can you also offer maybe an add-on of a social layer, a social group you can have access to yourself and the other people? It's probably worth a a second look, a third look, a first look. All right, let's see. He goes, every social media platform has its own language. I mean, he covers this and explains this and shows us with examples even. Yet most of you haven't bothered to learn it. Most big companies haven't put in the financial resources and most small businesses and celebrities aren't putting in the time. So that's what the book's for. It's really good. It explains the differences. I'm not going to get into ton of, tons of those, but once again, you don't post links per se of images to Twitter. Although that's how my little app, my Instagram app does it currently. All right. Here, here we go. This is good. So he gets into why I named the book. This: how storytelling is like boxing. He goes, jabs are the lightweight pieces of content that benefit your customers by making them laugh, snicker, ponder, play a game, feel appreciated or escape. Right hooks are calls to action that benefit your business. And he keeps going over and over. You want to have a good mixture of this. Something to consider. If you're doing this, let's say on Instagram, you're putting out content, putting out content, and then all of a sudden you offer something. You offer something for sale. In my case on the Instagram, I didn't offer anything for sale, but I I re, reposted basically somebody's cause against um, maybe suicide prevention or something like that. And I left it up there for a while, and then I took it down. That's what I've heard and learned from the people that are actually using Instagram and these different sites for sales. They will every so often put up a, hey, come check this out, or hey, there's a discount for something. But they take it back down. So if you scroll through all their posts of 500 or 100 or 1,000, you don't see all these, hey, I'm selling you something, which in this book is referred to as a right hook. So you do need to have those calls to action. It's something I need to do more of as well. But if you put lots of them out there, make sure you go back and delete them so you don't look like you're salesy all the time. I really like that idea. Maybe you'd leave one every so often. For me on the Instagram, I definitely leave that, hey, there's this podcast episode, it's an interview, or it's a book review. To me, that's not a right hook. I'm not selling anything. I'm simply trying to offer value, offer some input. But just a neat little thing. If you don't like those, take them out, delete them. It's quite easy to do on Instagram, which is the one I'm most familiar with. All right, back to what Gary Vee was saying. Here's my dirty secret. Though I get to I get to things early and can often see the future, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not even Yoda. I'm just the kind of person who shows new platforms the respect they deserve. I won't predict what platform will see 20 million users in a year, 
But once it feels to me like it will, I put my money and my time there, testing the waters, trying new formats, until I figure out how to best tell my story in the way the audience for that platform wants to hear it. And as you keep hearing them say story, that's something else in Toastmasters they, they harp on. And just most everything. If you want to sell something, build a story into it. I'm now remembering when it comes to even selling things from homesteading or farming, people love to hear the story. Oh, these chickens are from this, or this plant is a heirloom from way back where. They like the stories. This honey was made here locally, and the bees were here, and they were pollinating flowers that then you're eating. Tell the stories. What kind of stories can you tell when it comes to your offering? Can you make something that's interesting that would help people remember it? So I like that. And once again, he's hitting on, tell it in a way that applies. So on Instagram, they'll say, oh, nice, pretty photos. Well, a lot of our stuff honestly doesn't have photos. It's just text and on a black background or white or blue. Some are text over photos. If you're not into Instagram and you're into Facebook, you might like Instagram just as much. I like it because there's not as much text to read. People aren't commenting as much. I've not seen much political at all. Just less of that. To me, it's easy to scroll through, see some positive sayings. You're following those people. A little motivation, maybe comment something on there real quick. Say, hey, thanks for that. Or this reminds me of this and move on. All right. Gary now says online marketing requires the same kind of audience awareness, which we can achieve Thanks to the tremendous data mining opportunities at our fingertips, the real-time feedback that social media makes possible allows brands and businesses to test and reset with scientific precision what, con what content connects with, the, with their audience and what leaves them cold, ignoring the deep analytics available for your fan page through Facebook and through other platforms soon is the equivalent of stepping into the ring without even having watched a video of your opponent during a fight. So once again, you get that feedback that if your customers are actually buying from you, you get real-time feedback and you can communicate with them. Even if it's, that's, I guess the one big thing with now Facebook live is available for all of us to broadcast live. You get feedback just like on Periscope. People will ask you questions and give you feedback. I do one of those at one point here. I'd like to do more and actually see the feedback. So if I was to schedule that out ahead of time, some of you would be like, oh, I can actually pose some questions or some insights or some thoughts. That's what you can do for your business, for any of your offerings. I'm really looking at a possibility of doing webinars like once a week for our business offering, explaining, let's say, what remote desktop is, how it works, how you set it up, how you get into it, how you print, how you, just things like that. Really hoping that people will come on there and watch it for one, understand more, but ask questions so I can learn more about an audience that is considering it and what their feedback would be. So that's some of the things that are so available now through webinars or Periscope or Facebook Live. You get right out in front of people and you can read their comments if you'd like. I, I've been kind of training under and learning from Ty Lopez, let's say, going out to his place, maybe back out there next week. It's amazing how much social media, everything is recorded, everything so he can repurpose it. He can cut it up into the podcast. He's doing Snapchat. His big point was you should be using social media to benefit your life. Now, what I realize is some of us, and I'm not sure where I stand on this, may not want to be that popular, may not want to be that kind of celebrity through social media, but plenty of us 
do. So think about that. How can you use social media that will enhance your life? So for him, if he goes off and does the things he likes and he does more and more Snapchats or little periscopes about it, that gets him even more notoriety when he's sitting at the end of the Lakers bench watching a game, when he goes to the Super Bowl and has some little snaps. Can you use social media like that for your business? Can it help you? Can some of just kind of funny stuff day to day? I'm thinking once again, for me, if I'm out on the farm, I can Snapchat. I took a photo and put it on Instagram, my farming one there. Hey, the cow is a cow plow, not a snow plow. Because the snow was up to three and a half feet. Just dropping little things like that. If you're selling something, what can you tie in? If it's farming, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening and going on. And, oh, look at this plant's blooming today. Or look at the bees are happy. How can you apply that back? I'm always quizzing myself with something as dry as web hosting. How can we do that? So you just got to keep asking those questions to get somewhere. So once again, awareness he talks about. That you need to have that audience awareness. The next section is what makes a great story. Different platforms allow you to highlight different aspects of your brand identity, and each jab you make can tell a different party a different part of your story. Have fun with that. One of the biggest mistakes big brands make is to insist that their tone remain exactly the same no matter what platform they're using. In clinging to this outdated model, they're missing out on one of the greatest benefits of social media, always having more than one option. And that's where a small guys can get ahead of that. I mean, we can, we can do more and do better because you can throw some little silly clip out there. You, you can be more silly. You can be more real. They can see, let's say if it's a small company, they can see the personality behind it. They can get to know you via podcast, via Periscope, via 10 second clips on Snapchat. Oh, and that's another thing. Several people now are saying Snapchat is the next big thing. So I was like, really? A couple weeks ago, I'm like, oh, I, I created an account months ago, but I'm not really big into videos and Snapchatting. He's like, challenge yourself. Do it. So for quite a bit there, I was doing my three steps a day. I need to get back to that, but it's been spring break with the kids. Saying, hey, look, yeah, I'm working on these three things. Minimum. Bink. Ten seconds. Post it. Ten seconds. Post it. And what happens if you haven't checked this out? Yeah, kids may like it, and they may be sending photos back and forth. But people are making little 10-second notes here, 10-second notes there, and Ty's using it to educate you, to show you a little story. Whenever, what was it, the Lakers played LeBron for the last time, you could go there and see all these 10-second snaps from all these different people. And I can see where some people are going to rather watch that than TV. And that's what Ty's saying. He's like, social media is going to become TV. Who knows which of these things will win, and, and Gary Vee says this quite a bit. But you always check out the latest and greatest and what's out there. Because what happens is places like Facebook still give you a great insight that you can advertise at a very granular level saying, I want to advertise to 33 to 34-year-old single people that are CEOs of their company that are 50 to 100 employees. It's insane. So that's something I've been digging into a lot lately that we're running some ads and doing some testing there, especially after being the two-day mastermind at Ty's place. Several people talked about it. It's amazing. Even selling t-shirts via that. Just the money they're making is incredible because they're out there hustling. All right. So he had what makes a great story, and then he has the sweet science. Allocating the time and budget for these analysis can be tough for both small and large businesses, but it's imperative. It's not enough to experiment. You have to respond to what the results tell you. This is how you devise a formula to guide your future storytelling on the platform. 
so once again, he's looking at like, you got to analyze things. You got to see how many likes you're getting. I can admit, I'm not doing tons of this. I just keep putting out these things on Instagram. And if you're like probably me, you would agree. I'm doing this, but how do I convert this? And that's where you're saying you got to have these right, you got to have the right hooks. You got to actually ask. He may say some of this in his new book. I'm reading about halfway through with that one. You have to ask. And it's so amazing in life when you ask for something, some people will provide it to you. They'll give you the answer. They'll make the purchase. Here we go back. Today's perfect right hooks always include three characteristics. They make the call to action simple and easy to understand. They are perfectly crafted for mobile as well as as all digital devices. They respect the nuances of the social network for which they are making the content. So, I mean, he hammers on make the content for the correct audience that you're, you're going after. And this ask, I was just reading a lot once again about Facebook ads. And they said a lot of them, the most successful ones are, they say something down below. Some of the keywords like when or free now for us, I was thinking, oh yeah, instant online pricing. So the word instant, because we have online pricing calculators. That's like a gentle ask, but make it clear. You can learn more or learn the simple words, learn more by clicking, make the ask. And it might just be that you want to give a freemium away, make it very clear. I was just looking through once again, online, all these bad examples. And he gives you so many of these in this book. <laughs> that was a neat part of it. Oh, 20, 30 pages worth easily. All right. Today's perfect right hooks. Okay, let's move on. He says, but I would like to try and get you to start throwing them in different places than you're accustomed. So that's where he wants you to try and experiment is what Ty Lopez would say. Use experiments and try these things on social media. Try them other places of, I'm going to make an ask here. I'm going to ask in Twitter. Hey, I've been providing lots of good feedback. Would you take this survey? Would you take this challenge? Would you like a free download of X? Would you like a free book? What what can you do in your business? Would you like a free demo? Make it clear out there. This next section, he lines out six rules. He goes, outstanding content can generally be identified because it adheres to the following six rules. First one is native. What's he hitting on here? It applies to where you're posting it. So he says, content is king, but context is God. You can put out good content, but if it ignores the context of the platform in which it appears, it can still fail or can still fall. So literally, he hammers this, that don't put the same stuff everywhere, which I can tell you, it's so tempting. Copy this, paste it, put it there. Put hashtags out there for Instagram, so I'm going to put them in the comments and have it go to Facebook when it does no good at Facebook for searching. So I can tell you for us, most of the time, I might have one or two hashtags in my little comment. And there's probably the same text plus maybe a thought or two of whatever's in our Instagram picture. Post it, publish it, and then add a comment right below it of the hashtags that apply to that. Otherwise, it looks kind of spammy. And some people on Facebook will be like, what? What is this? I don't even care to see this. All right, more on its native. You already know that successful social media marketing requires throwing many jabs before converting the sale with a right hook. Counterintuitively, the most effective jabs are actually the gentlest. So once again, just provide good content, something funny, something that makes them laugh, something they're interested in, something they're like, oh, I didn't know that. More under its native, 
creating skillful native content has little to do with selling and a lot to do with skillful storytelling and the right social media savvy hands. A brand that masters native content becomes human. He says ads and marketing are supposed to make consumers feel something and then act on that feeling. What I think is happening for a lot of people is they realize they get to know you, the person. I've heard Shailene Johnson say this quite a bit. People really feel like they know you. And if you have hours and hours and hours of yourself talking out there, they really do at some level know you. And if they like you, they're going to want to do business with you. So don't always be selling <laughs> like the opposite there. Rule number two. And I skipped all the way down to rule number three somehow. Let's go with that for a second. It doesn't make demands often. Advertising... Let's see if the guy's name is Leo Burnett offered the following advice from Mark making great content. Make it simple, make it memorable, make it inviting to look at, make it fun to read. I'm going to add one more directive, make it fun for your customer or your audience, not for yourself. So once again, we think about what does your customer care about? What is it? Do they want to laugh? I literally thought for this podcast, Oh, maybe I should have a joke at the beginning of it. Every time it gives my little laugh. I haven't executed on that. What does your customer want? What does your audience want? For some people, they just want to know you. They want to follow Ty Lopez. They want to learn from him. They want to know what he's up to. So if you're going more of the celebrity route, go that way. If not, what is your audience concerned about or what should they be? That's where we come back to security. If we know something's out there they should be aware of, hey, maybe you know something that your audience should be aware of. New products. Maybe even if you don't offer them, but they complement what you offer. Just let them know. Rule number four. Yeah, we're going to skip number two because I didn't highlight it. Must not be that great. It leverages pop culture. It's no joke, he says. Generations are defined by their pop culture, and without it, they're lost. Take away a young person's tech, and you have taken away her lifeline to everything that matters to her. And just realize, if you're in business, what's a stat? By 2025, 75% of the workforce will be millennials or something. It's something astounding. They are used to having the phone. They're used to learning from the phone. They're used to watching everything on the phone. So start using social media because that's where the people that are eventually going to be buying most of the stuff, I would guess, at some point. Just over time, people will be more and more on their phones because they're going to grow up with them. More and more of these people are becoming adults. Let's see what else he says about pop culture. Create content that reveals your understanding of the issues and news that matter most, that matter to them. Just don't place it in the in a mobile banner ad. The day of stopping people from what they're doing to look at your ad are at best diminishing and more than likely over. And regardless, are overpriced for the ROI. Integrate your content into this stream where people can consume it along with their other pop culture candy. I can tell you right now, our Facebook ads, we're running them in the newsfeed and on the right side. But very quickly here, we're going to look to see if that right side banner ad does any good. I also know that we do retargeting and they are banner ads everywhere. That may be the only retargeting we do through Google. As he's saying, that stuff's more dead. That's where we're experimenting with Facebook because Google ads are so competitive. He said, as several people have said, Facebook ads are still the best ROI because not everybody's figured it out. Not everyone's figured out that 1.5 or 1.8 billion people are on Facebook. I was at the data center today with Steve. And I said some about Facebook ads and we're reviewing some of the stuff. And I said, this is why And I pointed at the two guys sitting over there. They're on their phones. 
There were three guys in there for a while. They weren't talking to each other. They worked together. They were just staring at their phones. One laughed at one point and walked over and showed somebody else who also laughed. They're not working. They're probably on Facebook. It's amazing. Just look around and notice. That's why he's saying the ROI for some things are dead, but for other things, no. Over a billion people are on Facebook. You can target to such a great level once again. That's where, we're, that, that's where the magic's at, and that's where the work has to go in, is to figure out how you're going to target these people. Who is your customer? Who are your customers out there? How are you going to get to them specifically? Rule number five, it's micro. Think about it. Rather as Think about it. Rather, as micro content, tiny, unique nuggets of information, humor, commentary, or inspiration that you re-image every day, even every hour as you respond to today's culture, conversations, and current events in real time in a platform's native language and format. Man, he beats us over and over again. Native language and format. But little micro things. So much of this today is micro, micro, micro. 10 seconds. Instagram, 15-second videos. But one thing I learned about Instagram, you should throw some of those in there. So I'm trying to do more and more of that. It might be me showing, like I did on Snapchat earlier, snow falling. People love that. Periscope. Sometimes I do periscopes just to show people, hey, it's snowing like crazy. And you get people from all around the world just checking in going, oh, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. That's so beautiful. The beach. When I was at the beach a couple, I don't know, weeks, three, four weeks ago, 10-second clips, 15-second clips of waves coming in. People enjoy that. Now, do they follow you because of that? Maybe. But if they see that there's a hashtag for beach or waves and they check it out and they look at some other things, they might go, oh, yeah, I want to follow this person. So if you're a personal celebrity, definitely use that. How do you apply it to your business? I'm not exactly sure. If you're in dog grooming, it's crazy how some of these little white fluffy dogs and different dogs, the kind of following they get. And then people are turning that into money because like, oh, I'll put your product in there with my dog and you'll pay me 300 bucks. It's insane. That's something else. I forget which book it's in. This one or probably his newest one. They keep saying more and more people are going to pay the influencers. There are kids that he lists out in there, kids that are teenagers, 14, 15, 16. He said, unless you're a kid, you don't know who they are. But these people are blowing it up. They're getting paid because they're influencers. So he says, yes, TV's not dead and it won't just disappear much more advertising money is going to go to people that have a following. So if you have a kid out there producing stuff or that's into something, maybe you encourage them to record little 10 seconds, two minute videos, put them on YouTube, put the videos on Facebook since Facebook's now competing with YouTube. Let them try to get a following, maybe monetize it. Can they get enough to make $5, five cents, something. It's going to be crazy what this world becomes when we go, what? Coca-Cola's paying who? Somebody on Instagram or Snapchat? That that kind of boggles my mind, but I realize we're already getting there. When people that have a following for dogs are being paid, it's happening. <laughs> it's really happening. Oh, here's a good example he gives. He tells of a time, he goes, the power went out in the Superdome during the third quarter, leaving thousands of spectators in the dark for a half hour. While the players for the Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers hunkered down trying to keep their bodies limber and their heads in the game, Oreo saw an opportunio. That was Oreo, as in Oreo cookies. It tweeted, power out, no problem. Attached was a photo of a lone Oreo cookie waiting in the dark with an accompanying text. 
that read, you can still dunk in the dark. I mean, that, how cool is that? But most big companies aren't ready to respond like that. But you can. You can make some hay. You can make some notoriety for yourself or your company by doing something like that. And that's where I've realized people that have hashtags for Happy Monday, Happy Tuesday, or Great Whatever. Find out the most popular hashtags. Go out there and Google how you get a following on Instagram. You play the game, you hustle, you can get a following. You really can. All right, so he, I think he talks a little bit more here. He goes, that was the first for such a mass-marketed brand within the context of such a mainstream event. The tweet was only possible because Oreo had thought far enough ahead to have a social media team at the ready to respond to whatever happened on television. Talk about proper investment in a platform. I mean, they got all this free retweets. How many people saw that? How many people were sitting there in the Superdome alone? But, oh, look, I got my phone. The power's out. Okay, we can't do anything else. All right, back to the book. Gary says, don't underestimate the value of a fun surprise, a grin, and a sudden craving for chocolate and shortening. He says, micro content plus community management equals effective social media marketing. Micro, micro content. That's all you really get. And as I said, somebody said, I think our attention span is now 10 seconds. It's less than that of a chicken or something someone was quoting. People are expecting small things kind of chipped together. I was looking at the stats on some of my autocross racing videos I have on YouTube. I was like, oh, well, I show a graph of how many people drop off and how quickly. Well, one graph went and dropped really hard. I went from the video to I paused the video or stopped it and rewinding or going back to the beginning. For like 10 seconds, I was just talking. People are not okay with that. They're like, hey, I got I to gotta be seeing the, the video again. You got to show me that, that course again. It's amazing. You got to keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Gervie says businesses can forge a direct connection between their community and their brand when they stop thinking about social media as the backup to the main events. It should be a main event in and of itself, serving as a nexus connection or connecting every other channel by which businesses talk to their customers. So like TV advertisements, that that's not where it's, it's it, it, obviously it's still there a little bit, but he's saying it's all changing. Same thing Ty Lopez is saying. It, it's it's all changing. So you might as well pick up some of these books and read some and go, wow, okay, I, I kind of believe that too. <laughs> As Shailene Johnson said, if you don't have any kids to keep up with what's going on, you can borrow mine. So you might want to talk to kids that you see that are on the phone. Hey, what apps you are cool? What are you checking out? Because evidently they make them somewhat popular and then adults come in there and say, Hey, I need to figure out how to monetize this. So can you keep up? That's one of the big deals. Can you try to keep up with what's going on? Just to know what's out there. Especially for a business, does your marketing department, does your marketing person with you just try to at least keep up, read some of these books, watch some YouTube videos, ask Gary V as a show on YouTube. He says, there's no reason for marketers to draft new overarching social media campaigns every year. Everyone should be as simple as this. Jab at people all the time, every day. Talk about what they're talking about. When they start talking about something different, talk about that instead. Repeat, repeat, repeat. That's a good point. I haven't, I guess on Instagram, I do check out what the people have commented on me. I go and click to see what they're posting. What are they into? And it's really neat that you can get these little, you can follow certain people 
And it's so crazy the difference between my farming one and the Your Business podcast, which is lots of positive quotes and sayings. It, it, it really you can set up your own Instagrams now for whatever it is. Same thing with Twitter. They said very few people should combine two or three things into one feed or one account, let's say. And for me, it's kind of fun not doing that at all. Yes, I could say I'm the Renaissance person. I'm doing investing here in real estate, and I've got a small business over here, and I've got a farm. But if, in reality, for me, it, it works for my mind. Go, oh, click, let's go over here and see all these different pictures of animals and food. And over here, oh, yeah, I've got positive sayings, and lots of people have positive quotes. So do that. Try to separate things out. And if you see it changing, that's a clue. Okay, wait, these people are now posting about this. That hasn't happened yet. I haven't noticed any of that. But maybe these larger companies that have more of a following will see things like that. Rule number six, it's consistent and self-aware. When you're self-aware, you know your message. When you know your message, it's easy to keep it consistent in every setting. Consistent and self-aware. Huh, kind of makes sense. And I'd say once again, consistent to me rings that bell. Can you consistently make progress? Can I myself consistently put out a good product? With the Autocross Talk podcast, I've been good. Every single week, a show goes out. A show goes out. I'm trying to get back to that for here. And I've got that one launched and pretty much in the can. Got a couple extra episodes here and there. So how can you apply that to you? Not just in social media, but really for you, for your business, for your goals. Try to do that consistent and self-aware. Aware of what's going on. Gary Vee says, when you create stellar content native to a platform's context, you can make a person feel as if your content can... If your content can make a person feel, he is likely to share it with others, providing you with amplified word of mouth at a fraction of the cost of most other media. This reminds me that on Instagram, I do go in there and check quite a bit of, especially when people comment. I like to either comment back or if it's that they just show an, a clapping hands or something, I probably don't say anything. But it's so easy to see when people share it with other people. And sometimes you need to do that. You need to say, hey, who should you share this with? Who needs to hear this today? Who needs to pick me up? And they will share it. And those people most likely will share, uh, follow you back. And on Instagram, it's all a free for all still. Everything you post evidently shows up for anybody following you. Now, what I realize is the time of day, I probably have people all across the world now following. So some posts get more because let's say maybe I even have more followers overseas or something or in different time zones. So you might need to almost post things two or three times throughout the day. I've thought about that's a good experiment and see how many follows, how many likes they get. And let's say the first 30 minutes or first hour and then go back and delete. So leave one maybe is what I'm thinking. And I've also thought there's a, something I learned out there, the mastermind, people are making money on t-shirts and they, one guy talked about it for an hour, hour and a half Amazon, how it ties into the t-shirts and now you can find people. But they said, for whatever you're doing, go out there and research. What are people liking? If you have your own thing, what are people liking the most? Do you have 200 likes on this and usually you have 100? Hey, that's a pretty good, pretty popular saying there. You could turn it into a t-shirt or something else. You could pay to promote that. That's another thing these people will do. To get more of a following, they may simply promote something. Promote a post. So in Facebook land, if you have a business site, you're going to have to pay most likely to get very many people to see it is what I've realized at least for my, I guess my little autocross one. So for five bucks that gets me in front of, I think five or 600 people in one day. And what happens is I get so many likes back or somebody likes a site and it's, I guess it's less than a dollar per person. I think I got 18 
the last time I spent five bucks. So you might want to really do that. Just experiment. What can I do for five bucks? If I found out this was popular, let's say a quote on Instagram or something dealing with your business, go over to Facebook and you can actually promote it on Instagram and Facebook through their, since they're owned by the same company now. So spend a little money, experiment, see if you can get some more followings, get some message out there. People, oh, I should follow this, follow this company, follow this person. Okay, we're moving on to round three, story tell on Facebook. <laughs> this is this book was a I guess a couple years old, and yet still it seems so relevant to me as I read it. There were more than a billion monthly active users as of December 2012. Facebook, that is. There were 680 million monthly active users of Facebook mobile products as of December 2012. A billion monthly active. Get this next stat, he says. One out of every five page views in the United States is on Facebook. He says, let me say that again, now in all caps. One out of every five page views in the United States is on Facebook. I think he means through websites. If you looked at all the clicking of everywhere, 20% is on Facebook. People are on Facebook. He then says, which means you better create content that's relevant, fun, and useful too. I can tell you our ads, we're right now doing probably a no-no. We're using stock images of clouds because we're all about cloud hosting type remote desktop. I've drawn up some stuff I've sketched up that I need to have somebody make me a little image off Fiverr or something. But can you create content that's relevant, fun, and useful? Can you make a little short video and have that as? Can you make animated GIFs that change and move and different content comes in? I actually now, like today, I was going through and looking at the sponsored content to see what works. Oh, yeah, I found a site that says, oh, you should have five words here and 13 there and 20 there. They literally have us down to kind of a science of what at least people look at the most or like or pay attention to. But obviously, if things that are relevant, fun, and useful, people will be like, oh, I like that. I should check out that site. They have a free offering, a free ebook, a free something, free cons consultation. What will it be for you? He talks a bit about edge rank, about what that is on Facebook and how it works. But then he points out something even more important, I think. He goes, what Facebook cares about is whether people are interested in the content they see on Facebook. Because if they're interested, they'll come back. What proves interest? Likes, comments, shares, and clicks. Not purchases. He goes on to say, if you want to maximize your eyeballs, it's not enough to get people to read your article or buy your product. You have to get them to engage with it so that it spreads. On Facebook, the definition of great content is not the content that makes the most sales, but the content that most that people most want to share with others. So once again, think about the audience. Think about the people reading this. Why would they share this? What would they want to share? Go from their perspective. He has a little thing here, jabs in action. He goes, the point is to give and give and give for no other reason than to entertain your customers and make them feel like you get them. So what I'd say is you understand them. He goes on to say, and the more you give, the more you really will get them. Before, every piece of content had to be a right jab. Or right hook, sorry, sorry, a right hook. For some reason, I cut off a little bit. I, I, I noted that that's literally an eye-opener for me. I used to think that some businesses didn't have enough to post about or be on social media like Facebook, but realizing that we can and should post entertainment posts, entertaining posts that are off topic, but 
something our audience would care about at some re- level. Once he gives all of us different businesses more things we can post about. Otherwise, I just don't know what some businesses would be posting about. What would they be doing on Facebook? He now has a section, target your jabs and right hooks. Selective. Customizing your jabs and targeting subsets of your fan base. Want to target a post for a 32 to 45-year-old married woman with college degrees who speaks French and lives in California and post on New Year's Eve? When you know how to use Facebook properly, you can. And I imagine the largest liquor store in California would. That's where I keep hearing this. I guess I even heard this out six months ago. And I guess, yeah, we did start. We ran some Facebook ads in November or December. And then I realized, hey, I'm not sure what the heck I'm doing. I don't know where to get all these reports to see what's going on. So I met a guy at a conference this year. And I said, oh, you do this for somebody? Can I pay you for consulting? I already done one hour. I've set up a lot of stuff, run a little bit. Going to pay him for another hour and get his help, get his input, get get it reviewing. I've already learned a ton just in actually probably about 45 minutes. Recorded it so I could go back and listen and see the screen share to see what the heck's going on. As Shailene Johnson would say, if you start getting into some of this, don't distract yourself with other things. Just focus on that for a month or two months or two weeks or whatever it takes you to understand this. Or pay an expert. Some people only do Facebook ads. And right now it's probably very worthwhile for you to try that. That's what we're saying. That's where we're putting our money and our time right now. He comes back and says, targeting your posts is a strategy to keep in mind when you're jabbing. It's flat out essential when you're throwing a right hook. So know who you're throwing it at. Know exactly who you're trying to hit with that. Who are you trying to rope in, let's say? Who are you trying to catch? Here's an example. He goes, let's say you're a national fashion retailer and today is Black Friday. You've created a piece that highlights one of your most coveted purses. You know that the buyers of that purse are generally 25-year-old females. Does it make any sense to send that content about a purse to your 55-year-old male customers who primarily come to you for belts? Of course not. So when you post that announcement about tonight's Black Friday sale with a picture of the purse, you post it only for fans of your page who are 25 to 35-year-old women. I can relate to this big time. My first little $5 boost for Autocross Talk podcast, I did it for men and women. And then you get to go in there and look. And I think we have 2 to 5% women, maybe. So this next one, I said men only, which got me to more of the men for the 5 bucks, And obviously to less women. But there's maybe 5% or 10% of women who actually autocross. Maybe it's more out of, the, out of us. It's not much. I got a much better response of people liking the page when I did that. And then for Riptide Hosting, say the little sort of Riptide Hosting, I was debating. I was like, oh, yeah, my, my, my consultant guy or my, my paid, paid helper, he said, oh, I'd run it for men and women, your ads and Facebook at first. And I'm sitting there meeting with my business partner. And I started thinking, how many of our customers are women? It's maybe 2 or 3%. So to begin with on Facebook, we're just going to run it for men. We might come back and run 5 or $10 for women just to see how these things work or don't work. But in reality, you can target things, and you really should, based on where the best bang for the buck's going to come back from. I'm okay with I keep hearing experiment, experiment. But be real. If 90% or 95% of your target audience is male or female, go that way. 
Go that way 100% and see how it works before you come back and say, oh, can I get that last little bit? I think of the 80-20 rule. You may just have to forget about that other little bit. Unless, once again, you see the ROI actually comes back and works that way. I like this next example, continuing the same line of thought here. He goes, you go even further and design the content so that it goes out to consumers in Texas in the shape of Texas. And the content that goes to New Jersey is in the shape of New Jersey. And so on and so forth for any of the states whose residents have a particularly strong streak of state pride. For any jab or right hook to have impact, it has to speak to the consumer and hit his or her emotional center. So that's something I think we're even going to create landing pages that are different for our consumers versus people that are affiliates. Why? Because they're in two different realms. Some of our consumers don't understand things. But the people that are, let's say, IT consultants or affiliates, they're going to understand that. They're going to say, hey, how does this work for us? How do we interface with you to help our customers, et cetera? But it's amazing. I think I'm pretty sure at the conference he said, oh, it was so easy to sell wine. We would tailor an ad to alumni of this college. There's a wine special. <laughs> he also mentioned, I think, yeah, in the new book as well. It's probably in here somewhere. The state of Texas somehow made it illegal to sell wine online and ship it in. He said he lost millions of dollars when he did that. And he still might be a little bit bitter, he said. Just a little bit. All right. Smart spending is this next section. He goes, on average, the cost of running an ad on the right side of the page on Facebook runs the gamut between $0.50 cents and $1.50 per like. Though, depending on the specificity of your targeting, the length of your campaign, and your budget, it's possible to acquire likes for as low as $0.10 cents and as high as seven or several dollars. That's a steal. Even when you compare it to the cost of email acquisition, which can run as low as $0.49 cents. How can a dollar spent acquiring a Facebook fan be worth more than 49 cents anywhere else? Because a social user on your fan page has more potential reach than anywhere else. And I believe he knows more about this than I have any clue. I know one of the guys in our mastermind, he says he's paying about a dollar per follower that signs up for his free giveaway, his download. He was A-OK paying a dollar per Yet he doesn't have his class finished that he's going to charge for. He's just doing this realizing at some point he's going to have something to offer. So if he can spend a thousand bucks and get a thousand followers, he's all for it. And what I can tell you if you're doing this, if you don't have much built up yet, as in following, once you do that, you need to inquire with your audience to find out what they need help with. That's one thing I'd love to do. You're listening to this. Do you need business coaching? Do you have questions? What I've realized, if I can start solving that, even though I just do it for free at first, that will really help me understand my audience. It can help you understand your audience. What are their challenges? Once you get them, you can start finding that out, doing some different online surveying and such. One of the examples, I forget which exact one it was I took notes of from the mastermind. They said one of the products, it makes it like they're not even taking a survey. It's so fun and it's so interactive and it's so colorful and it's saving every single question because they drop off after two or three or five or 10. So there's so many ways out there to have people do online surveys and surveys and challenges are something I plan to incorporate to get people to give me some input, give me some feedback, let me know what's going on. So maybe you can do that in your business as well. 
Gary V says, social media, however, is built for sharing. So those targeted Facebook ads, though costing 50 cents to $1.50 per fan, are actually worth much more because those fans are more likely inspired to share your content for free and possibly more than once if you give them what they want in terms of content and service. I'm hoping this will work for, let's say, the Autocross Talk podcast. As I put out a new post, will people go, oh, I've now seen that. So hopefully some of them will see it. I know Facebook cut back big time once again. But then will they share that and help me find other people? They say, hey, I like this show. You should listen also. That's what he's saying. Saying that he's proven it. He's looked at the data and seen it. His next section, the changing face of smart spending. All of your Facebook stories, content, and marketing must be developed for the mobile experience. Wow, I I really can't challenge him, but I know for us, when it comes to Google ads for, let's say, web hosting, we got next to no return, no, none of the, I'm blanking on the word here, people did not complete a purchase, let's say, or an inquiry. So we've done the same thing on Facebook. We, I even actually looked at some of the content and the number of mobile users that did anything with it are so few. So even though I said that right there, I will tell you, depending on what you're doing, you may find that mobile is a waste of your advertising money. We also realized that back with Google ads, we would get so many clicks that bounced off right away. Their bounce rate was huge, like hundred percent. They left right away. They didn't even stick around for a second because it was an accident. I mean, I noticed that on ESPN.com I'm scrolling Oops, I didn't scroll quite right, so it opened up another window for this advertisement. Not what we want. So once again, if you look at the data, you'll find out very quickly, should you be on there, should you not? Is If your site's not mobile ready, then don't send a mobile user there. I can tell you ours is not very mobile ready. Our blog is. We have one page that we're thinking of sending everybody to. But we're really wanting people to go and price things with a pricing calculator. It's not set up for mobile. I should actually look to see if Dell is. We copied Dell back in the day or the kind of look and feel. Are they set up for mobile? Is someone really going to go and price out something with it to select, let's say, five to 20 options on mobile? We don't think so for us. At least we haven't found that at work yet. In the future, maybe. All right, what else do you say? He says, head to your favorite site and check the news. And instead of seeing your content, a big intrusive box overtakes the screen, pitching electronics or software or something that you did not come to the site to see. Why do marketers think this is a great way to get people to do business with them? All it does is piss people off and elicit negative feelings toward your brand. It is the antithesis of jabbing. (laughs) Because I read this, I don't know, a month, two months ago, I now notice that on so many sites you go to it and it covers up your screen like sign up here and you're looking for that little X somewhere to close that back out. Uh, What I loved hearing in that mastermind he said, there's two types of squeeze pages. One, hey, give me your information. I'll show you this. And he said, okay, you get these emails. And he says, the other one is you give them this nice article. And at the bottom it says, hey, subscribe here for more to keep you up to date. And you get emails, you get, but you get less when they're at the bottom and they don't have to put it in. But he said, when it comes to selling something, the ones that voluntarily put it in just because they liked what you saw have a much higher conversion rate. That would be my tactic. I, I now know putting something up there is terrible. Somebody also pointed out that having it just on the right-hand side of your screen is not so good. I've done that on, I think, two or three of our sites now of the businesses. Some people are doing it. And once again, those people are going to actually care what's going on. 
if you have it, I guess, on the side and also down for the bottom, okay. What's even better? Hey, sign up for some free content. Something exclusive. That, the freemium is still one of the key, key, key things to get emails. And as so many people say, emails you're in control of. Facebook, you don't control. Instagram, you don't control. Periscope, you don't control. They can ban you for no good reason tomorrow. And you can have a million followers. And if you have no email addresses, you cannot contact them now. So that's why I finally bit the bullet and said, okay, well, at least ask for emails. Now i got to come up with some good freemiums. Maybe you do too, but literally collect them. Give them something. But don't take over their whole screen. <laughs> I notice that all the time now. Like from Toastmasters, people saying, um... I now pick that out. So he says, Gary V says, so what's a marketer to do? We need to rethink what an ad looks like and what it accomplishes. We need to get, we need to go native. We need to bring value from now on. The difference between your content and your ads on Facebook will be nothing. Your content or rather your micro content has to be the ad. Fortunately, Facebook has been perfecting a tool that allows you to create ads out of content that has already been vetted by your fans, which will not only help you improve your content's reach, but it will actually protect you from putting out content that is simply a waste of your of your and your customers' time. It's called a sponsored story, and unlike a TV ad or magazine spread, this spending strategy is worth every penny. I don't know if they're still called that. I've not researched that term. But I know now, basically, you can boost your post. That's what I've done a couple times. Five bucks, what the heck? Five bucks for one day, or I think, I think basically they want five dollars a day. And they'll tell you how many people that'll reach. You can then say, I want to target people that are, and you put it in there. For me, I, first I did autocross on the first one, and like auto racing. And then I thought, what the heck? Why did I do that? I just want to hit autocrossers. Let's get that community built up. I don't know if auto racing people care at all about autocross. So the second time I took that one off and I got once again, a lot more likes. I also only did, did that toward men. So I really changed two things. I just changing one, which I've been told to do change one thing at a time in your ads or ad sets. Or in this case, a sponsored post, but definitely got much better feedback with that experiment. And we'll probably continue to do that each time I put out a show every week. All right. He says, sponsored stories, create great content that gets people to engage and Facebook will let you show that content to more and more people. Create content that no one cares about and Facebook will make it as difficult as possible for you to put more of it out on its site. So it's smart. Once again, it wants to have people like what it's showing. Sponsored Stories is a superior ad platform because it rewards nimbleness and quick reaction. When it shows us that a piece of content is resonating, we know to spend money on it. It's so clear. This reminds me that Ty Lopez said he had five or six versions of his... Lamborghini and books, reading a book a day. And I forget if he says it was over a million views or five million, something crazy between all of them. But he tried different ones. And then he promoted the most popular ones. That's what I think a lot of this comes down to, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook ads. You need to be trying different things. You need to have all these different experiments. We're now up to the part of the book where he has all these examples for all these different platforms. What to do, what not to do, what people have done right, what they've done wrong. You really need to get the book. I could read these different things, but being able to see them, see the actual ads and read it, it's huge. Some of the highlights I remember were make sure if you have links or that you should put links in there if you're able to put a link, that they go to the correct page. 
if you're trying to sell a basketball and you're, let's say, some academy, you don't link to your homepage. He said so many people do that. Some of these big companies, they just, they aren't linking to the correct page or there's no link or they have way too much text or it's not native to that or they're on the wrong platform. He says Pinterest, I don't know, 67 to 80% of the people are women and a huge percentage of those have kids. So you wouldn't go there to sell things that only apply to men. I would not go there and try to promote autocross, let's say. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't want to do that. Wouldn't put the wrong photos there. Um, he highlights in here effort. It matters more than most people want to admit. And the last one I put here for him was, we have to remember to give, give, give before we ask. That will always be the real challenge. That and moving fast enough to keep up. I like it. It's a book you should check out if you want to learn more about social media. Kind of be like have an aha moment every so many pages. Like, oh, that's good. I didn't think about that. That makes sense. I can apply that to my business or to what I want to do. And you'll just learn that, hey, you need to keep learning about this stuff. Keep experimenting. Keep trying different things with it. Stay ahead of the curve. And I think reading these books and doing that will keep you ahead of the big guys. So it enables you to realize you're more nimble. And if you can enhance your life by doing this, for me, I'd much rather go there, go to Facebook or what have you, which I try to avoid quite a bit, if I can learn things. So now I like to log in and create custom audiences. I want to go to the Facebook ads manager because I know that can help me make more money to find the right customers to explain things to them. More so than reading about, yes, I like my friends that they're building homes and taking vacations and whatever they're doing or just posting pictures. But in reality, I want to get ahead and help other people. So I'm going to continue to try this stuff. I'm pushing myself doing Snapchats. Had you said something a year or two ago about this to me? I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. But watching Ty Lopez do it in action, I'm like, okay. Yes, once again, part of me goes, oh, maybe I don't want that kind of following. and I don't want to have to have bodyguards. But a certain segment of the population may go, thank you for doing that. I can relate to you more. Or I can see the life you live or something that is motivational. So try some of this stuff. It's an experiment. Do a periscope. I did that while I do one of these shows. Some people click in for a little while and then click out. They're like, oh, this guy's just talking about something. I would hold the book up and say, look, I'm talking about this book. It's good. You can do that. Just to experiment. Remember, biggest key always, take some action. Take some action each and every day. Be the tortoise always taking a step. Nice and slow, always making some progress. I'm still doing three steps a day challenge. Basically, every day I want to declutter something, clean something, whether it's my email, my office. Right now I'm looking at this bar. My wife's always like, why do you sit at the kitchen bar sometimes? Last couple of nights, I mean, it's almost midnight here. Hustling a little bit. I have made a mess, so I think I'll declutter this. So that's one of the three steps Shailene Johnson recommended. Another one is to daily journal. And one of the big suggestions from other people said, do it, do that at night. Some will write a little bit more. I wrote some already. And the other one is a list two or three 10 minute steps on, let's say your main goal that you're trying to accomplish. And what I'll tell you is if you have a normal nine to five job, don't apply it to that. Apply it to what you want to do. Your own interest. Next steps. Do you need to research something? Do you need to, in my case, write up a requirements document Get somebody to do some work for you. Break it down a little bit steps. Is it reading? Can you read for seven minutes, 10 minutes? Can you just do that? Say, hey, I'm going to set a timer and do it for 10 minutes. 
what I realize is I get so many of these things done. I might end up with five to 10 different steps. And sometimes like today, I'll spend three hours on something, but it's not my little 10 minute step. It's just that I get 10 minutes done and then I'm moving on and making progress and doing more and more. It is really helping me in my case. Once again, I probably shouldn't be doing as many, but I'm doing lots of things on lots of projects, but it's helping me make progress every day and every week to move things forward. And sometimes it's simple as, Hey, send somebody an email and ask them these questions, make the phone call and follow up with them. Things like that, just to keep me active in all these different things I want to move forward. So I hope you, you challenge yourself three steps a day. Take the challenge. Let me know. Hope you enjoyed it. This is Kinch with your business podcast, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk.